Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Caliber Mining Corp. 2024 quarter financial earnings results. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question-and-answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star then zero on your touchstone telephone. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to your host, Executive Vice President of Corporate Development and Investor Relations, Mr. Ryan King. Sir, the floor is yours. Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I'd like to direct everyone to the forward-looking statements on slide two. <clears throat> Our remarks and answers to your questions today may contain forward-looking information about the company's future performance. Although management believes that our forward-looking statements are based on fair and reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different from these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to our 2020 annual MDNA and 2019 AIF available on our website as well as on CDAR. And finally, all figures are in US dollars unless otherwise stated. Present today with me on the call are Russell Ball, Darren Hall, John Seberg, and Mark Peterson. We will be providing comments on our full year and fourth quarter results, our near mine and infill drilling exploration programs, and our outlook for 2021 after which we'll be happy to take questions. The slide deck we will be referencing is available on our website at calibermining.com under the events section. You can also click on the webcast to join the live presentation. And with that, I'll turn the call over to Russell. Thanks, Ryan. Good morning, everyone, and uh, thanks for uh, joining us today on our Q4 in 2020 earnings call. Before we get into the quarter in the year, a little bit of history. We began the current journey back in 2018 after raising $5 million in seed capital with the intention of transforming Caliber from a junior explorer into a junior gold producer. We looked at a number of opportunities over the course of about 18 months before partnering with B2 Gold in the fourth quarter of 2019 to acquire what was, for them at least, the non-core Lamont and Libertad mines in Nicaragua country we are very comfortable in given the 12 years Calvin has been exploring there. The new management team with a 100% focus on these assets and a recapitalized balance sheet has worked diligently to increase production, reduce costs, expand known resources and deliver new discoveries, building a solid platform for growth over the coming years. In the first quarter of 2020, we implemented our hub-and-spoke operating philosophy, leveraging the surface installed processing capacity at our Libertad complex 
the excellent infrastructure, and world-class trucking costs. Despite a 10-week COVID shutdown in Q2 of last year, we produced 136,000 ounces of gold at all-in sustaining costs of $1,043 an ounce, both slightly better than our guidance. In August of last year, we announced a multi-year production and cost outlook for both the Le Mans and Libertad complexes. While the 2020 drilling program was initially focused on infilling existing resources and upgrading inferred material to indicated and reserve categories. We expect to file updated reserve and resources as of December 31, 2020, by the end of the first quarter, and file the related technical reports on CDAR, and I expect a significant increase in reserves from the numbers at the end of 2019. On the exploration front, we made two exciting discoveries, both underground at Pantheon and Atrafasada, that are currently being drilled further and will be developed over the course of 2021 and 2022, respectively. Notwithstanding the COVID-related challenges, we were able to permit, develop, and commence mining at Pavan Norte, with the first ore shipped to Libertad in January of 2021. Turning to slide four, 2021 is setting up to be another busy and exciting year for us, with production guidance up roughly 30% from 2020, at all in sustaining costs of somewhere between 1,040 and 1,140 an ounce. As we, we reinvest back in the business, I look forward to establishing a base from which to grow the top line materially over the next couple of years and with the surplusing processing capacity at our Libertad complex and our proven hub-and-spoke operating philosophy, being able to do so in a manner that I refer to as capital light through the discovery and development of additional satellite ore bodies. With that in brief introduction, I'll turn it over to Darren to discuss our operating performance in a little more detail. Thanks, Russell. Turning to slide five. Uh, firstly, I would like to take a moment to recognise our employees and business partners for their continued focus, which delivered another solid quarter, including an outstanding first full year of Calibre's stewardship of the assets. A heartfelt thank you to all. Russell highlighted a number of our achievements earlier, and I would like to add that in spite of managing through a global pandemic, the team, building off strong B2 Gold health and safety systems, reduced our full year lifetime injury frequency rate by 13% which is a positive step in our journey to zero harm. Strict adherence to our COVID protocols continues to have positive impacts, with as of mid-February, no current, confirmed or suspected COVID cases exist within our 3,000 employees and business partners. Turning to Limon, it was another pleasing quarter, with the team delivering 19,006 ounces of production for a full year production record of 64,558 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $995 per mass. A tremendous outcome given the 10-week production hiatus during the second quarter. Integral to unlocking value with our hub and spoke philosophy is the ability to transport ore to Libertad. And I'm pleased to update that during the fourth quarter, the team responsibly increased Limon deliveries to 1,097 tonnes per day, a 26% increase over the third quarter for a total of 220,623 tonnes for the first year of operation at approximately $25 per tonne. 
This excellent result clearly demonstrates proof of concept. From a production growth perspective, the team made good progress on underground development during the fourth quarter at both Beth and Nueva, positioning us well for production in the first and second quarters respectively from those new mines. Turning to slide six, another encouraging quarter at Libertad, delivering 23,567 ounces of production for a full year 71,451 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $977 per ounce. Again, a great outcome given the 10-week production hiatus during the second quarter and all from an asset which was anticipated to move into closure in mid-2020. Capital spend at Libertad during 2020 totaled approximately $8.7 million, more than half of which which was spent on access, infrastructure, and mine development at Pavon Norte, which came online during December. Not only will Pavon be an important contributor from a production and cash flow perspective, but it also provides a framework on how we expect to add satellite deposits going forward, with production being realized in less than 18 months after submitting permit applications. As we continue with all deliveries from Limon, progress opportunities with artisanal miners on our Atlantic concessions, and ramp up deliveries from Pavon, Libertad 2021 production will increase by more than 60% over 2020 while utilizing only 45% of the installed mill capacity. As Russell mentioned, Libertad continues to deliver value and its potential for significant growth for caliber, which will be realized through integration of the assets and leveraging off our hub and spoke philosophy. Which is a good segue to slide seven. During 2020, we have demonstrated viability of our hub and spoke operating philosophy and the 1.5 million tons of annual surplus capacity available at Libertad presents a fantastic organic value creation opportunity. In the second quarter of 2020, we presented our initial multi-year outlook, which was largely based on indicated and inferred resources. During the year, we executed extensive drilling and technical programs focused on upgrading the confidence of those resources to reserves, which are producing very positive results and will be releasing updated reserves and resources before the end of March. With strong cash flow generation, we'll be in a great position to expand our current resource base, building off 2020 results, which Marks Peterson, our exploration vice president, will talk to you shortly. Additionally, we have identified what we believe to be an exciting internal development opportunity, this time as an operator looking with fresh eyes at the legacy caliber assets within the Eastern Barossi project. The opportunities we see at Guapanal, Vancouver, and Riscos are analogous to Pavon, but at even higher grades. Technical work leading to pre-feasibility studies has commenced, and during the year, we look forward to updating you on what we anticipate to be the next spoke in our hub and spoke operating model. It's worthy to note that this opportunity was not included in the mid-year multi-year outlook. I would like now to hand the call over to John Seberg to discuss our financial results. <clears throat> Thanks, Darren. Turning to slide eight, um, building on Q3's momentum, we had another strong quarter to finish the year, selling 42,335 ounces of gold at an average realized price of $1,882 per ounce. This drove quarterly revenues of $79.7 million and net income of $23.3 million, or seven cents per share. Adding back non-cash items and working capital, we generated $28.7 million in cash from operations. Total cash costs for the quarter were $940 per ounce. Comparing Q3 2020 to Q4, 
the higher total cash costs in Q4 are primarily due to 20% lower grades at Limon Central, in line with our reserve grade, and lower strip ratio, resulting in more costs being expensed versus capitalized. All-in sustaining costs for the quarter were $1,051 per ounce. Full-year production and revenues was impacted by the 10-week production hiatus during the second quarter, as previously mentioned by Russ and Darren. However, a strong second half of the year drove full-year revenue of $242.7 million, from 135, 357 ounces sold at an average realized price of $1,793 per ounce, generating net income of $63.4 million, or 19 cents per share. Our consolidated all-in sustaining costs were $1,043 per ounce for the year, beating the lower end of our all-in sustaining cost guidance in spite of the challenges we faced during the year. We generated $81.3 million in cash flow from operations. This provided us the financial flexibility to reinvest in the business, as shown in the graph on the right. Allocating capital of $21.7 million in mine development, $11.4 million in property plant and equipment, and $13.5 million in exploration, resulting in free cash flow for the year of approximately $35 million. This provided us the additional liquidity to repay the deferred acquisition payment to B2 Gold of $15.5 million. As a result, we ended the year with $53.2 million in cash and no debt. As Russell mentioned, we expect strong operating cash flow in 2021. We expect both operating and capital expenditures to be weighted more towards the beginning of the year, so expect to see costs decreasing and cash flow generation increasing post-Q2 as we progress towards the end of the year. At current gold prices, we expect to generate between 55 and $65 million in free cash flow. I will now hand the call over to Mark Peterson. Thanks, John. Uh, turning to slide nine, during 2020, we focused primarily on infill drilling and near-mine step-outs at Lamone and Libertad, with Pavone coming into focus later in Q3. After a comprehensive review of exploration and mine data we inherited from B2 Gold, we identified several new opportunities for near-term resource growth. One success has been at Lamone with our discovery of two new high-grade ore shoots at Pantheon, which you can see here on the slide. A maiden resource containing 29,000 ounces, averaging 9.7 grams per ton gold of indicated, plus an additional 66,000 ounces averaging 6.8 grams per ton gold of inferred was announced in June last year. Since then, we've completed another 9,000 meters of infill drilling, which is being incorporated into an updated resource estimate scheduled for release later in Q1. We see further growth opportunities both along strike and down plunge to the southeast of Pantheon. Turning to slide 10, another exciting new area emerging at Lamont is the Atravasada deposit, located approximately 400 meters east of our Nueva mine. As announced in our exploration update released earlier this week, a new high-grade zone is taking shape very nicely there. Drilling highlights include 7.9 grams per ton gold over 6.8 meters true width, and 8.9 grams over 9.8 meters true width. As a mineral resource has not been reported previously for a Travisada, it's not been included in our multi-year outlook 
which was released earlier last year. A maiden resource estimate is in progress that incorporates these latest results as well as legacy drilling by B2 Gold. Looking west along strike, we're also seeing an opportunity to expand the Veda Nueva resource, where similar to Panteon and Atravasada, recent drilling indicates the high-grade core continues at depth. Our recent exploration successes at Limon give us confidence that the district continues to offer significant potential for further near-mine discoveries and sources of high-grade feed for the Libertad mill. Turning to slide 11, from a broader regional perspective, we've expanded our exploration coverage to include opportunities within trucking distance of the Libertad mill. This means that any economic ounces discovered within our 1,200 square kilometer land package, plus another 800 square kilometers we have under application, would provide additional sources of ore feed to Libertad. Also during 2020, we assembled a team of seasoned exploration consultants to work in tandem with our exploration team to identify new discovery opportunities in both the near-mine brownfields and regional greenfields environments. This collaboration has so far resulted in a much better understanding of structural ore controls, ranging from deposit to district and regional scales, characterization of the signature footprints of the mineral systems around our known deposits, and the development of district-scale 3D targeting models that are being built through a combination of traditional methods and the application of machine learning. This integrated approach adds a powerful force multiplier to our discovery-focused exploration strategy that we will continue to leverage going forward. Now, turning our attention to 2021, we expect to complete approximately 60,000 meters of drilling during the year, with a split of 25% infill and 75% resource growth and discovery. This excludes any drilling our partner Rio Tinto plans to do on the Barossi option project. At Lamon, we have four drills continuing to explore for high-grade ore feed with two rigs at Panteon, one rig at Atravasada, and one rig at Veda Nueva. At Pavon, we have two rigs exploring strike and dip extensions at Pavon Norte and Pavon Central, where we likewise see considerable upside potential to grow resources. At Libertad, we have three rigs turning, with two drills continuing to explore the Tronca and Ancite vein systems, and the third at the Rosario deposit, where we're continuing to test the resource growth potential there. In March, we'll be mobilizing a fourth rig to resume exploration drilling at our Amalia satellite concession, where a reconnaissance team has identified two new untested vein systems in addition to the Espinosa vein, where we reported encouraging first-pass drill results earlier last year. Moving over to the Atlantic region, we plan to bring our Eastern Barossi project into sharper focus during 2021, with infill and step-out drilling expected to commence at Guapano, Vancouver, and Riscos de Oro in March. Currently, these are the highest grade in gold resources identified at EBP. In Q4, our team of consultants completed an independent review of the project's broader mineral potential, which confirmed our view that EBP holds significant upside for further discovery and resource growth. 
in parallel with the planned work programs at Lamont, Libertad, Pavone, and EBP, our generative exploration team is actively engaged in an aggressive reconnaissance program to cover our large portfolio of earlier stage exploration concessions. This work has already identified new target prospects, such as the ones at Amalia, which are being ready for first pass drill testing later this year. We look forward to providing further updates as our generative program advances in 2021. Finally, drawing upon a comprehensive targeting study by our partner Rio Tinto, four top-ranked porphyry targets have been slated for first pass drill testing beginning in Q2 this year. All are drill-ready, permitted, and are located within the 600-square-kilometer Barossi option package. As demonstrated by Caliber's discovery of the Primavera Copper Gold Porphyry Deposit in 2012, the Barossi project, in combination with our Exploration Alliance, offer an excellent opportunity for significant new porphyry copper gold discoveries in the region. We're excited to see what will emerge from our partnership with Rio Tinto as their exploration program continues to ramp up through the year. With that, Russell, I'll hand it back to you to conclude the presentation. Thanks, Mark. I'm on slide 12. So with increased confidence in our resource and reserve base, the focus now shifts to the delivery of organic growth from our existing resource inventory and from the drill bit, as Mark just described. The key factor for us is being able to leverage the surface processing capacity that exists at our limited complex. Ignoring for now the 50 to 70,000 ounces of annual gold production from Le Mans, we have presented on the slide three scenarios looking solely at Libertad, assuming a 50, 75, and 100% utilization of the nameplate mill capacity of 2.2 million tons a year in three different scenarios of all grades, that being three, four, and five grams per ton. You can see from the chart what the potential production might look like with no further investment in plant capital other than incremental tailing storage capacity. This is a slide that gets me really excited. Admittedly, it's not gonna happen overnight, but this is the direction we are headed, and I'm confident with this team, we will ultimately be able to deliver. And finally, slide 13, we will be focused on continuing to deliver on our commitments to all of our stakeholders, and with a much strengthened balance sheet, are investing organically to deliver top-line growth over the next couple of years. The 2021 drilling program is well underway, with 14 rigs currently operating, and the focus is very much on resource expansion and new discovery drilling after we focused 2020 initially on infill drilling. We will provide the market with drilling updates on a regular basis going forward. And finally, after a lot of behind the scenes looking at data and planning the on the ground activities with our new exploration partner, Rio Tinto, we expect to first pass drill four or five targets this year for a total of between 5,000 and 7,000 meters, looking for the elephants, large bulk tonnage copper and copper gold porphyry systems an exciting partnership to which Caliber shareholders are exposed as Rio Tinto earns in under the agreements announced a year ago. And operator with that, we're happy to take questions. 
Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press star then the number one on your touchstone telephone. If your question has been answered or, you're, or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, press the pound key. Your first question comes from the line of Tom Gallio from Canaccord Genity. Your line is open. Thanks, operator, and, and thanks, Chance, for taking my question. Congratulations on a, on a good year. I actually have two questions. Um, first, on Eastern Barossi, which Darren mentioned will be part of your sort of next spoke in the plan here. I wanted to know if you see a similar pathway uh, which you demonstrated with Pavone. Specifically last year, it was revealed that material from artisanal miners was being transported from Pavone to Libertad. Um, can we expect the same sort of activities from Eastern Barozzi? You can, Tom, and uh, again, thanks for the uh, question. I'll ask Darren to, to give you a little more detail around you know, the plan going forward not just for the artisanal ores being shipped down and, and that relationship being developed, but more importantly around what we're doing from a technical aspect to to take those, I think it was 2018 uh, technical reports and turn them into um, what we view now as the most likely development option, which is open pit. Go ahead, Darren. Yeah, thanks, Russell. Hey, Tom, how are you? Um, yeah, no, it's a good question, and particularly it relates to ASM. You know, Russell alluded to it. Um, it gives us good information in terms of those artisan law deliveries because it's like a bulk sample, but more critically what it does allows us to establish a very positive relationship in the community with those landowners. And um, we've, we've started that process as we saw you know, in Q4 last year. We saw some initial deliveries we continue to see today. Um, we've commenced discussions with landowners, and interestingly enough, I can tell you, at the same time I told Russell, uh, we actually signed our first parcel of ground about 10 minutes ago, um, picked up 64 manzanas of land. So we're, we're progressing with that, um, you know, gaining access um, to those land parcels. Um, Mark had mentioned we'll commence drilling here uh, late in this quarter for infill, metallurgical, and geotechnical drilling, which will give us the required information to be able to progress uh, Guapanol, Vancouver, and RISCOS into the pre-feasibility study level. And what I would anticipate is, is that by the end of the year, we're in a position to be able to you know, materially upgrade, uh, increase confidence in those resources, and potentially add reserves, which then allows us then to enter into the permitting phase as well from a, uh, an exploitation perspective. So what I would like to be is at the end of this year is at a similar position that we were a year ago at uh, at Pavon, and then we'll start that process. Perfect. That's uh, that's very helpful. And then just uh, more broadly, and maybe to Russell, um, can you speak a little bit about why costs and capex are expected to be front end weighted uh, while production is going to be relatively flat quarter over quarter? Yeah, I'll let, I'll let uh, Darren speak to the operating piece, and then John can speak to the debits and credits and, and how that washes through um, from a, a cost perspective. Darren? Sorry, Tom, can you repeat that? I was, I'm on an external line, and it broke up. I apologize. Oh, yeah, no, no problem. Just looking at uh, why the, the operating costs and CapEx are expected to be front-end weighted. Um, it's a timing of development. 
So if we're looking at uh, ag capital, so we're looking at one sustaining costs a little front end later because of the, the level of development that happens in the in the front part of the year. And there's also some changes there which John can talk to in terms of distribution and strip ratios during the year, which changes allocations between expense and capitalise on the different mining accounts. Yeah, hey Tom, Hi. John. Um, yeah, Darren, Darren's spot on. It, it's really the development capital that gets front end loaded. Um, regarding the strip ratio, well, the strip ratio should be com um, higher, sorry, lower at the uh, beginning of the year. So more of those costs are going to be um, put into the expense. And it's really just the timing of the, um, the growth in the expiration capital throughout the year, both Lamona and Libertad. Perfect. Thanks very much. That's, uh, that's yeah, all I have thought, for now. Oh, sorry, John, just to layer on that as well, is, is with, with the development of Limon Norte in the back half of the year, right? Um, yeah, that'll come under production, which will gain. Well, most of, that, most of those costs will end up in, uh, in deferred and, and growth capital. Thanks, Tom. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc your next question comes from the line of justin stevens from pi financial your line is open hey guys congrats on a good quarter um, just a few questions from me. Uh, as production is ramping up here at Pavon, um, I know you guys said about a thousand tons a day is the goal by the end of the year. Are you guys expecting the grade there to remain relatively constant? And also, do you need to do anything much other than just ramp up uh, the number of trucks that are going back and forth? Darren, go ahead. Yeah, hi, Justin. Um, from a grade perspective, you know, we anticipate things to be pretty consistent during the year. Uh, we've commenced and we've, we've sent our first order deliveries into Libertad um, and we have been pleasantly surprised by the grade. It is early on, but we are ahead of schedule. Uh, we will maintain a, a pretty material large stockpile at Pavot. So, yeah, that'll allow us to do some blending and make, make sure that we're delivering a nice consistent grade to the Libertad mill. Um, as we ramp up, you're correct that the majority of the increase will be a function of adding capacity with our business partner Asinza in terms of the highway haulage. And is that is that sort of uh, from your perspective just going to be uh, on the OPEX side or are you guys contributing at all to the capital there? Um, it's really just an operating cost. Uh, it's the you know, $30 a ton for every time we move. I mean, it's their equipment. Um, and they're purchasing the equipment, so there's no really no capital in it for us apart from 
you know, how things get distributed from a uh, expense versus deferred perspective in terms of strip ratios and things, but from a all haulage perspective, it flows straight through to the expense. Perfect. Um, and just quickly moving over to Pantheon, how much um, you know, ballpark development is left to spend there before you guys are looking for first production, and uh, what's the timeline there? Darren? Um, yeah, we're seeing all from, from development as we speak right now, so a little earlier than what we anticipated. And uh, I think Dustin and the team are looking pretty squarely at uh, early in Q2 being in a position to see production from production per se, as opposed to production from development. Yeah, so, no, good yeah progress first, first, made. first um, sort of production stopes. Yeah, first production stopes uh, solidly in Q2, and we're seeing uh, actually early deliveries um, of ore from development this quarter. Got it. Well, that's good to see. CapEx, uh, guys, for uh, Justin, what what are we spending on CapEx at Pantheon this year, development? John? Oh, sorry, Russ. Um, Pantheon, yeah, so Pantheon is going to be the underground development. It's just over $8 million this year. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I the majority that, of that, John, will obviously be a non-sustaining, right? So. Yeah, that's not sustaining, correct, development capital. Yeah, that, that was my assumption. Got it. Um, and just on the on the gear there, is that mostly underground equipment that's coming over from Santa Fanja, Um or is that sort of new gear? Uh, there was a minor addition of four trucks last year. There's some support equipment we had, but basically it's just better utilizing the installed capacity that we have across all of the four underground mines between Santa Pancha, Pantheon, Veta Nueva, and um, Hubbley. Got it. But you're all you're all geared up now for um, to be able to run the mining operations there. Correct. Perfect. Great. That's it for me. Thanks, guys. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have questions at this time, please press a star then the number one on your touchstone telephone. Your next question comes from the line of Jordi Mark from Haywood Securities. Your line is open. Yeah, good morning. Or uh, evening, wherever you are. Um, yeah, I've got a question on, uh, maybe I missed it. I'll just jump off there for a sec. Um, at Travesta, in terms of um, on the development side, um, obviously looking at you know, Q2 to starting development, just wondering, uh, yeah drive meters, et cetera, that you're looking to, to put in there for development and a nominal sort of mining style that you're looking at at the moment, given what you're seeing. Uh, and thirdly, um, kind of the exploration potential around Atrovids to to, uh, to show, uh, you know, growth to depth or laterally or um, elsewhere in that system. Thanks. So, so maybe, Darren, the first two questions in there and then... Uh Mark, you can handle the expiration upside. Yeah, hi, Jordy. Um, from a development perspective, you know, we anticipate early Q2 uh, commencing development across to um, to Atrapasada. Uh, development mining methods will be very similar to uh, to Veta Nueva. Uh, no surprises there. Um, 
and uh, is really about just doing the infill drilling, be able to prove that up, convert it to reserves, and then the extensions that Mark can talk to uh, Mark can talk to us uh, about the potential that exists there. Just before we talk about that, John, what's the capital that we have in for this year um, related to Atravasada? Because that'll give Geordie a good indication of sort of the effort we're going. And I, I think the rate, Darren, if memory serves, sort of 3,000 US a meter. Is that what we're assuming for development? Yeah, that's a good number. That's a good number, Russell. And, uh, you know, we're talking about in terms of development uh, from memory, just over 500 meters thereabouts of development. Yeah, that's right. We we have about a million dollars in the budget this year for underground development at Atrapasada. Mark, on the exploration side, how do you see uh, Atrapasada developing and, and what's the thesis there as far as um, how that resource may grow? Yeah, thanks, Russell. And uh, hi, Jordy. Thanks. Um, yeah, what's taking shape at Atravasada, in, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it, it, it seems uh, very similar to our experience at Pantheon earlier last year, where we've got a bite into a high-grade uh, ore sheet um, that, that is kind of the, the core of the, pot, the deposit as we understand it right now. Um, we know that it's open uh, in the down plunge direction on this one shoot, uh, which is effectively what we're what we're pursuing right now, but but what we also know from our experience at Panion, as well as the rest of um, the whole district, is where there's one shoot, there's there's usually uh, there's usually another um, laterally in, in one direction um, uh, along strike or or the other. And so while we're starting out, uh, continuing to uh, build off uh, what we've tagged um, in this first shoot. Uh, we're also going to continue to uh, build our model, uh, build our understanding of, of just kind of the periodicity of, of the grade distribution uh, along the structure um, as we go forward in the new year. Um, Atravasada is just just one more kind of pearl along a chain uh, with uh, Veda Nueva to the west, uh, which we already talked about, and then one one deposit farther west, uh, which we don't say much about because it's it's, it's historic, is the Talaveras deposit, which was mined uh, prior to B2 Gold um, by Blackhawk Mining. Uh, that was a very significant deposit um, that uh, I think there were about 800,000 ounces at seven grams per ton taken out of that chute. That's just farther west of Beta Nueva. So my point is, um, just like the main Limon structure. Um, there are multiple centers of mineralization along these along these uh, vein trends, uh, and Atravasada is just the most recent one we've tapped into. So we're really quite excited about it. Excellent, oh, that's excellent. Um, and in in the context of you know feeding feeding capacity, um, any production to come out of Atravasada um, would that be that would fit into the current logistics capacity and would augment current guidance? Correct. So if we, if we go back to the um, August uh, multi-year outlooks, Atrafasada um, obviously wouldn't have been in there and all of what we have now acquired and are working on at Eastern Barassi wouldn't be there. 
and remember, we we implied a or we put a constraint on uh, the model that we we use to run at a thousand ton a day, both from Pavan and Libertad. And I say as we get, uh, sorry, and from Le Mans down to Libertad, you know, as we ramp up the capacity and and increase the contractor's capacity, um, there's no reason from a permit perspective we can't ramp up that production. So there's no constraint that uh, would cause us to have any issues there, Geordie, as we mine that. It'll end up in a truck and and we'll head down to uh, Pavon for about 25 bucks. Um, and get processed, uh, sorry, at uh, Libertad. Excellent. Thank you. Well, that's, uh, that's it for me. Thank you. Hey. Jordy, just to clarify, too, is, is that, you know, we're looking at the development to, to Atropasada this year, but we're anticipating production in uh, in H1 of, of 2022. Right. There may be some peripheral, you know, production from development, but in terms of stoping per se, it'll be in 2022. Right, thanks, mate. Yeah, and Geordie, that that's an interesting uh, question or comment that Darren's made, because what we do see in the capital is, you know, there's a bad round numbers. Uh, I, I say it's $15 million that won't have any benefit this year. And, and that's, that was to my comment earlier on the call, where we're really setting up the business for for top line growth, significant top line growth over the next couple of years. And, you know, we are investing in the future and it speaks to, you know, the comments. I think we had a question or I made a comment on a call, uh, one or two calls ago about, you know, don't look for us to, to jump on the dividend bandwagon. We see the opportunity to redeploy the cash flow back into the business. And, you know, Atravasada is a great example of that um, as we look to uh, expand the footprint and reinvest in, in projects that will deliver, you know, significantly higher rates of return than, than cost of capital at, you know, a lot lower metal prices than where we are today. So, you know, it's an exciting time, and, and we are ramping up. And as Darren said, you know, land acquisition, um, we're accelerating that, and uh, I think it puts us in a very good place to deliver that top-line growth over the next couple of years. Again, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question, just press star 1 on your attached on dollar phone. I am showing no further question at this time. I would now like to turn the conference back to Mr. Russell. Please go ahead. Thanks, operator. Thanks, everyone, for the time. I know it's a busy time of the quarter with a lot of similar calls going on. If uh, anyone has any additional questions, you can always find Ryan or myself, and uh, we'd be happy to take them offline. Uh, appreciate it, and look forward to updating you in the not-too-distant future on the progress. Thanks, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference. Thank you for your participation, and have a wonderful day. You may all disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.